2: me back! <laughs> WrestleMeP! we're back with another feed from Wrestlemania. Yeah, we we did something quite
0: unusual there, which is we stopped to record of the last Mm, episode, and then we had quite an impassioned sort of speech about Um, how much we hate fascism. I I mean, I think, like, there has to be a sort of thing in a podcast's life, really, where you sort of go, what do we stand for? And you're here for a couple of years, and yes, we've been doing wrestling, and this isn't about to become a spin-off, like, Romaniacs podcast or anything. (laughs) But I think, you know, certainly, like, you know, it is worth every now and then... No, pinning your colours to the mast and saying, you know, if you know, if you if you do come here thinking that this isn't an absolutely fucking right on righteous podcast, then uh, you're sorely mistaken. And again, we will occasionally get, we'll occasionally uh, use terms like midget wrestling because
2: uh, that's what it was called at yeah. the time, and we don't check ourselves because there's a, a, a tacit understanding uh, from people who are listening that we're trying our best and we're all right. <laughs> but fundamentally, fundamentally, it is uh, annoying, not even annoying, it's fucking heart-destroying that um, in, in 2020, in this day and age, we have to pin our colours yeah. to an anti There is an amazing
0: ma- uh, uh, article that's gone out, so the week we've recorded this, there's mm. a good article, it's very sort of forensically interesting about a, a wrestler, an independent wrestler called Schlack, what a name. It's about Schlack, Schlack, who wrestles for GCW, Game Changer Wrestling, which Mm. is probably, at the minute, one of the premier independent uh, promotions in the US. Certainly, you know, uh, in visibility, it's, it's, you know, way up there. Mm. And he has a troubling past which links him with neo-Nazism, and especially the neo-Nazi music scene. And there's been a sense that, you know, he has sort of uh, come out more recently and said, um, uh, you know, fuck Nazi shit and stuff and GCW have said look he's made it clear fuck Nazi shit and people have then gone to find out where he said this and he's added on the end fuck Nazi shit and anti-fire and stuff like yeah, that and you yeah, go okay yeah. so okay, it's yeah. so no. there's lots of people yeah. pulling this apart and going he's never actually said you know, there's a picture of him here with next to a guy holding up a you know an arm in a Nazi salute with mm-hmm. an iron cross on him, yeah. And then there's here he is with a leading neo Nazi musical, you know, performer, yeah. And here he is with another neo Nazi who went on to kill his girlfriend. And mm. it's all this sort of background throwing
2: throw the OK signs here and there, yeah. You know, yeah.
0: and the, the, these sorts of things are, I think, relevant because there is that thing yes. of going, it's just wrestling, man, yeah, you know, and it's like, yeah, but. You know, there's a guy who's got neo-Nazi leanings in his past, mm. you know, and he should be challenged what, about them. What, I mean, what kind of, but, but it, 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 again, we're not talking about, like, big
2: financial corporations here. We're talking about a guy – you don't need the fucking guy. Find another guy
0: who's Completely. not a fucking cunt. Completely. And if and – if, do you know what? If you are going, it's fine to have a neo-Nazi, then fuck you. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh, well, what about oh, – so, 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 sorry, what, you can never give neo-Nazis a job? Yes, uh, well, that, well, that's always the argument between like
2: um, uh, you know uh, footballers uh, who've been uh, accused or convicted of rape; they, they, they're, they're imprisoned. Um, and uh, you know Adam Johnson, uh, a yeah. footballer who was imprisoned for um, I think I think he'd it statutory rape, but it, either way, he slept with someone who's underage. underage. Um, and he went to prison, and he came out, and so they talk about um, what football team he's going he's to play for and stuff. And, and people say, look, he's done his time and stuff. He's gone, yeah. But you don't have to employ him. No. I've got no problem with Adam Johnson seeking work. I've got no problems with, um, I don't know, Louis C.K. Uh, seeking work. I've got no problem with them creating art. Mm. But I have a problem with people employing them. You don't have to give them money. Completely. Look, Pete. If I ever get fucking Jordan canceled... Peterson, I've just remembered <laughs> oh, right, God, from yeah. last week the guy, the clever guy who uh, who is beloved by all um, uh, bedroom uh, right-wing um, four channels yes. basically. Yeah. And 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 he he he, he speaks eloquently. Uh, he's got a very sort of um, dour, uh, kind of relaxed way of delivering his information. He knows all the words. He he could probably um, get anyone uh, around in, in, in a conversation, but. At his fundamental heart, he is incorrect in everything <laughs> he fucking says because he has a dark heart of uh, what you would call a, a xenophobic at the very least. Yeah,
0: person. yeah. I, one, of my, one of my great my great regrets is that I worked on a show where Nigel Farage was a guest. Yes, and I I, I didn't say I'm not working today and I don't want him on. Um, and I wish I had. You I, did really do funny I jo- You did that funny joke, though. Well, I backed him, but then, oh yes, well, the the actual one where we knighted him. Yes, yeah, yeah that's yeah. a
2: funny. I mean, that was a funny joke. That, it that's... did.
0: Do you know what? It did. It did make him ridiculed yes. on a wide level. And yeah. Sarah Silverman said it was one of the funniest things she'd ever seen. <laughs> uh, a nice little thing. But I still look back on that and sort of go. The problem is, while everyone's laughing, yes, you know, you can get up to a lot while people think you're not a threat. Yeah. And uh, I, I look at that and I think, you know, maybe it would have been better if. Um, I'd have tried to hit him with a cudgel. I think about um these people um how,
2: how do you, just along with Donald Trump. How you could just get a jab in and, and just go, I'm not, I've not got a gun. I've not got a Just a little jab. Take a pop. And then just, and then just go, I've got a gun. I have not gun. Do you no remember, I remember
0: when all of those like like um, guys, uh, they turned their backs on Hirohito when he made a state visit to Britain? Yes. A lot of the guys who'd survived in the prison prisoner of war camps in mm. Japan, and this must have been in the, I don't know, it could have been the 80s, mm. I think. They all turned their back on Hirohito as he was doing his state visit. Mm. Uh, I tried to turn my back on Nigel Farage And he said, oh, you're turning your back on me. And I went, um... Yes, and he went. Oh, jolly good! Mm. I thought oh, that didn't fucking work.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Never mind. Look, hey, hey, let's get on to it. let's get on to some horrible right wingers um, <laughs> as we welcome <laughs> the Hall of Fame uh, 2014. Mm. This actually opens with Jerry Lawler drinking Mountain Dew. Yes, where he goes. Oh gosh,
2: you caught me drinking my Mountain Dew. It looks so aggressive. <laughs> it does. It's an aggressive uh,
0: drink. What a Hall of Fame! Class, oh, it's Pete. big
2: in it. It's oh, big. Check this. So the snake. good.
0: Jake, with his with his voice just smoked by crack, (laughs) absolutely amazing. And they just show a little clip of his, uh, you know, tiny bit, one Mm. line out of his speech, and it's one where he's just going, "I can't beat making the children smile," and it just sounds like a fucking horror film. Absolutely (laughs) horrible. Um, Mr. T, he uh, did a a a long speech that was rambling, and it was primarily about your relationship with your mum.
2: He's obsessed with his mum. They shouldn't call it Oedipus complex.
0: Oedipus complex. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, Paul Bearer, (laughs) represented by his sons Michael and Daniel um they uh they they turn up one of them does the voice perfectly oh the fantastic. other has the has the body <laughs> yeah. i mean it really is an
2: astonishing split of the genes <laughs> um literally in his case
0: yes <laughs> they would uh, they would of course go on to sell that ring later in the year good uh one, uh one of the sons when they come out onto the big stage when they're presented to the wrestlemania crowd he's got his hand in his pocket right. the suit I'm just like, mate, you know, it's two minutes. Two minutes just to sort of got, have a bit of dignity. Give your fucking hand out your pocket. Fair, last year's WrestleMania was very disrespectful. <laughs> it was. I, I actually I did listen to that episode because I, I, I was thinking, where have we got up to? I need to do a little bit for the Twitter. Right. And I just heard the bit about um, the CM Punk, and I'd already forgotten about it. You know, these, you'd have to take in quite a lot to do these shows. The old stuff just gets jettisoned. But I listened back to that, and I was like, that was disgraceful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and Undertaker are the good guys, at the, the good guys. at the ceremony he comes out with an urn yeah. which he lifts up and I just thought in any other job if you did that as a tribute you know there'd be, there'd be an internal disciplinary hearing You'd, you know you know Royston the security guard at Capitol died and at, at the tribute thing you came out with an urn and you raised it to the screen
2: why are you, you killing know, Royston
0: <laughs> people I was, we know. I was just thinking of someone I like I thought it would be a strange thing to go to to like a funeral and just do anything a wrestler has done here they're like (laughs) what a moving tribute if I did that to Royston his family would be like what is your name what is your name (laughs) we're calling the police Royston's (laughs) like Royston Boyston he's like 55 and he's in better nick than we will ever be he's much better he is beautiful he will (laughs) never die (laughs) let's say Royston was the 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 security sort of head of security at Capital Radio oh
2: yes he was was head of facilities wasn't he yeah Yeah, that's right yeah very nice guy yeah
0: Um, (laughs) Why I'm bringing up his death on a podcast go and visit him go go
2: go and go one Leicester
0: Square (laughs) just say
2: can I see Royston Boyston if you try and get in without an appointment
0: he'll be there to stop you. Exactly, yeah. I, I slightly do sort of think, you know, it's a bit sad when I go, who would who would be the closest person to me that I could like ruin the funeral of? And I go, probably facilities manager of Capital Radio, a building I worked at over a decade ago. <laughs> He's the person who I'm closest uh. to. Um, Carlos Colon is also put in, mm. a Puerto Rican legend. Uh, in this, he looks very much like a Puerto Rican version of my granddad. I was yes. very pleased to see if that. he'd I was, been I, blading for 50 years. Yeah. Well, I mean, towards the end, he was falling over a lot. Oh, okay. So he got some I grooves. Um, Lita comes out. Uh, Lita, <laughs> I seem to remember her Hall of Fame speech, and I haven't watched it back. I seem to remember it was oddly cringy. Right. It was not the cool sort of like modern speech you'd imagine it would be it was full of loads of sort of quite sort of weird jokes almost like a lot of things would she when i think of that speech and again i haven't seen it since it went out like it's <laughs> seven years ago i think of her sort of going oh, which is kind of you know whatever i've seen to remember that coming up like every other line as the jokes <laughs> sort of slightly didn't land oh no um, razor Ramon comes out here he is mm-hmm. i think there was a slight sense of With uh, putting him in as uh, a Razor Ramon, Mm. they would basically be able to later in, to put him in as Scott Hall right. um, and DX and then part of the NWO for when they begin running out of the big names. Mm. And there is a certain feeling that, yeah, you know, that it is harder each year to do the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, this year it was cancelled because of WrestleMania, but the big headline name was the British Bulldog, David Boy Smith. Yes. That would be exciting.
2: I mean... Uh, I like it was cancelled because of WrestleMania, you're sensing Yes. Oh, yeah. It was, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> was cancelled because of WrestleMania. It was cancelled because just... of WrestleMania. The last thing <laughs> they want is a Hall of Fame. We're not... going to Feb. 7, but, Feb hours uh, no. it's just a new word seven. <laughs> between none of the letters five five and seven and then oh finally dear. the the, yes. the
0: headliner the ultimate warrior um <laughs> inducted by Linda mcmahon um, mm. lots of sort of sense of who would induct him this is very much him doing a little power play right so he wants the very high up business people to represent him rather than wrestlers mm. and people beneath him on that <laughs> level um The actual WrestleMania itself, one of the things that I suppose is a little bit of a surprise was there was no connection between hulk hogan and ultimate warrior yeah the two huge stars if you like in the 90s um now warrior uh, had very much no good things to say about hogan throughout his life mm. um, uh, shortly after the of man randy savage died in 2011 warrior released a lengthy video diatribe about hulk hogan uh, it was just you know horrible mean nasty things yes. to say Um, by 2014 which is when this happened those issues had not been smoothed over Um, Hogan was actually given specific instructions by the WWE to leave the Warrior alone that weekend Uh, but that didn't happen oddly they crossed paths Um, Hogan and his son Nick were going around the Superdome on a golf cart you know just having a tour Mm. and They were filming, you know, uh, a little documentary at one point and Hogan noticed the warrior and went over to him. And in the background, you can see them just having a conversation. And Hogan says that they made their peace and buried the hatchet. Um, Warrior's widow, Dana... A widow is a little bit of a spoiler there. Yeah. Um, So three days after this, of course, the Ultimate Warrior has his heart attack and he dies in the car park of a hotel in Arizona. Um, It's uh, the Dana Warrior. uh, His wife said that Hogan was one of the very, very few people in WWE who didn't reach out in any way after her husband died. Right. So I think she's sceptical about the fact that they made up Mm. Um, Warrior when he comes out. I mean, he was he'd been away a long time. He comes out and you can see that he he just. Can't shake the idea that he is the biggest star the industry has ever seen. And he comes out and he's so intense, all the fucking veins in his head are popping. Isn't that meme of the sort of schoolboy who's pushing the veins <laughs> yes. out. He looks like that. And he's in a <laughs> suit and he's so sort of strained that he's sort of like, I don't know, like, it's like gravity's twice as heavy on him. Mm. He really uh, uh. I mean, it, it wasn't a surprise that his heart didn't last. No. I mean, Jesus Christ! In this, you can see how just intense he is. And I, all I could think about this, is so I was thinking, what a nightmare he must have been to sort of like work with. Oh, uh, it, it, I,
2: I think that's all the stories that ever came out, and obviously, like through. The, I mean, that's so why I said bring a towel last time. That was one of his. Um, one of, he was doing a speech inexplicably at a university. Yeah, he, he, he shouted at a Muslim. He was a uh, member of essentially uh, the
0: that audience.
2: T- that towel head, sort yes, of you know yeah, yeah, ridiculous, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. you know uh, just witless shit. Mm. Who'd have thought the ultimate warrior, a man who grunted and screamed and took steroids, was a witless shit? <laughs> um, I had I had a quick look at the sort of the the, the period of his career when he's out of wrestling so from 1992 onwards basically it all starts to get a bit sporadic and strange mm. he um he comes back to wwe uh, at wrestlemania 8 having had eight months on hiatus mm. so he, he comes back and because he looked so different he had different hair and he had slightly different makeup and he had a different physique um Rumours began circulating that the Ultimate Warrior had died and he'd been replaced. One of the names that people used to think it was was Kerry Von Erich, they said, because he had a similar physique. He's the guy now playing the Warrior. Um, Warrior was rumoured to have died from liver failure due to years of steroid abuse or because his signature arm tassels cut off the blood circulation (laughs) in his arms. Um, WWE (laughs) themselves have said that that the replacement of the Ultimate Warrior is the longest standing urban legend in WWF history. Um, And it's believed that rumors actually started from gene oakland's wcw hotline where he began reporting that a big wwf star had died and what it was was not a very big star and somehow people began going is this the ultimate warrior because he's not there oh right and that's ha- just how it started that's hilarious um it's it's a weird one so in 1992 when he returns uh, after wrestlemania 8 having run in to stop a very slow Papashanga. Um, <laughs> he uh, he was supposed to get the the title, and they cancelled this because it crack- the government had begun cracking down on that steroid mm. uh, abuse, and you have uh, Man facing federal charges. Yeah, um, so Warrior is found to be on steroids, having failed a drugs <laughs> test. What? 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 And they decide to release him. Now, later, Vince McMahon would say it wasn't because of steroids. It was because Ultimate Warrior was uh, getting involved with human growth hormone. I don't know why he wants to make that <laughs> distinction. I, I, I just don't I don't get it. Um, the Warrior himself said it wasn't because of a drugs test. He said he uh, was suspended... And then skipped dates, and it was all to do with. I mean, it's just that everyone's lying. <laughs> Everyone is lying. And that's the important thing. So between 1992 <laughs> and 95, he was semi-retired. Mm. Now, during his time away from the WWF, he opened up his short-lived Warrior University, yes. which was a professional wrestling school in Scottsdale, Arizona. Now, this came up really recently. So, someone had put up a load of, um, you know, here are the adverts. Did anyone ever go to Warrior University? Mm. And what happened was someone said, yeah, I did it. You paid like $100, and he sent you a questionnaire and a sort of video. And if you filled in the questionnaire and sent it back, he would look at it and decide whether you could be part of his warrior university. (laughs) And basically, he'd never get back to anyone. Someone had moved into the building that he used to have as his warrior university in Arizona. And it still had all of his motivational things painted on the walls and his car parking space which just said warrior stenciled on it. It's That's just hilarious. It's brilliant. It's a really nice little strange oh, thing, wonderful. but it seems like nothing ever happened with it. It seemed like it was sort of a front for him mm. just using as an office, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and then he'd try and do all of his trademarking mm. stuff. Um, in 1993, he changed his name legally to warrior, mm. just the single name warrior. Um, it was on all legal documents pertaining to him and his children now carry the surname warrior as their legal surname. Right. And his wife is referred to as Dana warrior. Um, There are reasons to why he did this, and they do become apparent. In 1996, he returned to the WWF, had a WrestleMania 12 match against Triple H, and they terminated his contract when he missed several house shows. Uh, He said he was taking time off to grieve the death of his father. Um, Vince McMahon disputed that, saying the Warrior hadn't seen his father in 10 years and that he didn't care much for him. Um, And therefore, he didn't accept the excuse that he'd missed those house shows to grieve for his father. Um, Warrior says, no, I didn't miss house shows to grieve for my father uh i actually left because wwe in breach of contract selling merchandise without giving me a percentage every time they go this is the reason <laughs> vince McMahon goes no there's another one and warrior goes no something completely different <laughs> uh, no one is reliable no um, warrior and the wwf they had a series of lawsuits and legal actions in 1996 and 1998 all over the ultimate warrior um ip essentially right. and both of them Said that uh, the gimmick was theirs, but the court ruled that Warrior was legally entitled to use the gimmick, costuming, face paint designs, and mannerisms of the Warrior wow, character. That's, that's got to be quite a bit of a landmark kind of decision for for, for the court. It, well, it's huge. I mean, I mean, there is something funny about. It. I would have loved it if they'd have said you cannot keep the face paint or the name or or the the dress but you can keep, keep the, the mannerisms, mannerisms. <laughs> <laughs> or just awarding the mannerisms to the WWE I mean just a strange one so in 1998 partly the reason he needs to get this sorted out is he returns to WCW Hulk Hogan brings him in he is there as Warrior right. and he has got the face paint without yeah. it he is very valueless yes. he needs the, the accoutrements to actually be a, a, a draw um, Hogan brings him in the, the Warrior is promised a lot of things like always he thinks well I'll probably be a, a huge star again you know I've never stopped being a huge star, mm. they see it very differently, and he's really brought in because Hulk Hogan is pulling the strings, and Hulk Hogan wants his victory. Back from Wrestlemania 6 where mm. he lost um, Halloween Havoc they have one of the worst matches you will ever see which I think we talk about on a WrestleMemus mm, uh, I think really we had cool. a look at that, that, uh, that thing and then he pretty much retires apart from sporadic one off shows every yeah. now and then mainly Is, abroad his last one somewhere weird Spain yeah Spain yes against Spain. Uh, Orlando Jordan who was one of the few at the time openly bisexual wrestlers mm. uh, working um So he retires in 1999, pretty much full time, and he has a short-lived career as a conservative speaker and commentator. Partnered with, he's conservative. (laughs) conservative. (laughs) He uh, denounced left-wing politics. Uh, He mentioned that queering doesn't make the world work. That's it. During a speech at the University of Connecticut, Uh, he then went. He had a website, and this is a time where websites were people actually looked at people's websites, and uh, he he said about the comments he'd made queering doesn't made, make the world work he refined that as saying the human race would die out if everyone were homosexual I mean he's, yeah, fucking prick um, on his speech on queer studies at a conservative alliance event at DePaul University uh, he he remembered it this way "'One guy without his husband and two physically repulsive butch dykes "'slurping on one another's tongues on the front row "'had a real hard time cozying up to my principled heterosexual obstinacy.' "'So in an act of pure selfish pleasure, "'the guy got himself physically thrown out by the masculine security guard, "'unmistakably loving every single masochistic manhandled moment of it. "'And the dykes, well, they ran out screaming and yelling "'like speared wild boars that I was a homophobe for making my remarks.' Rumour has it, they decided to exit more because I was not getting stimulated by watching their poorly performed two night crawlers in heat act. Jesus Christ, I hadn't addressed this. The incredible selfless sacrifices the liberal loons will make on behalf of their cause warms my heart and makes my whole body laugh. <laughs>
2: Fucking hell. Now I mean <laughs> The thing about this there's is... doubling down, isn't there? We, and like, I know.
0: <laughs> and we talk about this wow. as being, you know, a thing where they're like, ultimate warrior. Yeah, certainly some things he said in the past. Oh, he was, troubled, he was a troubled man. He's a, he's a fucking piece of work, I tell well,
2: you. I mean, the idea of inducting him in the Hall of Fame in New Orleans, yeah. where he, after the things he said about the black community during Hurricane Katrina, yes. they were being punished for being yep. scum effectively. Yep. It seems like a baffling thing to do by any organisation. Five years ago.
0: Yeah, completely. Maintained a blog for a long time on his website called Warriors Mm. Machete. He discussed his personal life, his personal views on politics, sexuality, patriotism. Oh, it sounds so boring. And his legacy (laughs) as a wrestler. Um, He basically used that to just bash people he'd had disagreements with. By and large, who were either dead or dying. Mm. So that he really got the last word in. Yeah. Um, Do you want to hear what he said about Heath Ledger?
2: Uh, I think I may have read it recently, but uh, for for the crowd, let's uh, let's hear it.
0: In the interest of full disclosure, I must tell you I've watched Brokeback Mountain no less than 45 times, and I own the limited DVD signed by Willie Nelson a short time after he wrote that queer cowboy song as a tribute to the courage of the producers and actors who broke such incredible creative ground when they made their agenda movie. Serious, until I saw Bend Over Brokeback, Braveheart was my favourite movie. But the love scenes of Brokeback sucked me right in, and I had no choice to give myself over to the passion of its wide-open range, if you get my drift. (laughs) Such (laughs) courage this young man and his colleagues have. Now, it carries on and on and on. Apparently, Leather Hedger had sleeping troubles and anxiety and dealt with terrible mood swings. So do soldiers. But they don't self-destructively fuck up their lives.
2: What is this? What was it?
0: What's Leather Hedger? Uh, it's it's because it just, gay people like presumably ha- there's a leather scene leather. within homosexual subculture. I mean, it carries on. He he then compares him by today's standards. He says talking about how it, being homosexual on on screen is terrible. Uh, uh, By today's standards, I agree he was a great father, perhaps even greater than the father of the year Hulk Hogan. After all, Leather Hedger did what it took to kill himself. His kid is without a father, yes, but the negative influence is now removed and his own child has the chance for a full recovery. Hogan, on the other hand, won't go quite that far. He insists on sticking around to keep further ruining and profiting off the parentally mismanaged lives of his own children. It's sad and tragic that we don't demand attention be paid to greater things. Okay. Me. I mean, look, it, it's the ravings of a fucking madman. Mm. I mean, uh, Martin Luther King, very quickly. Oh, yeah, that, that was another one as well. Martin marched a few times from Selma, Alabama, to Montgomery, Alabama. <laughs> That's
2: right. He had it's a problem with the length. It's only
0: about forty miles. He had the wrong length. And he walked along paved roads Ooh. with security escorts and modern comforts and conveniences. He wrote a few jailhouse letters, plagiarized a great many speeches, and played up his last name King as if he was one. <sighs> he, he led out. his best rally amid the monuments of Washington, D.C. He preached proper righteous behavior while he, at the same time, committed adultery. Many publicly verified. Ver- Terrifiable times. Oh, and he had a dream one to see a race of people free completely from discriminant oppression? <laughs> it's just—I it, I like that the, um, the, the the argument got got home with him. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah he, not, he, he knows off. what it was about. Yeah, but um, so I mean, you might sort of say, well, you know, okay, these things are just—you know—he's just this is a, 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 a back in those days we didn't have that thing of people going, well, they don't believe it, but it's just a grift they're doing. Mm. You know, this was—you know—him just doing it. Now, WWE turned their back on all of that when they were sort of going. Well, the important thing is we remember him for his legacy. Um, this one is the absolute shocker so when Bobby Heenan had been recently diagnosed with throat cancer he wrote a and this is Heenan not dead this is diagnosed yes Uh, as for you Bobby Heenan it's just too difficult to talk a straight sorry as for you Bobby Heenan it's just too difficult to keep a straight face talking about the pure two-faced bag of shit you are and have always been what with you actually wearing one as a piece of body jewellery sure what that means you are designed you are dying diseased on the inside and no more time is left to get back any of the integrity that matters the most on death's bed imagine what it will be like lying there taking in your last breaths knowing you hoard yourself out your whole life now The thing about this is Bobby Heenan died of this really horrible, aggressive throat cancer. It devastated his face. Mm -hmm. And yet Bobby Heenan still went out to the conventions, signed autographs, was funny. I mean, just a a brave and bold man. I think everybody had respect for. After um, Warrior died, his name was put into a campaign with the Susan G. Komen Breast Cancer Organization, which was hashtag Unleash Your Warrior. And... There were a lot of complaints with WWE that, that essentially while Ultimate Warrior had been laughing about the cancer that they've been inflicted on Bobby Heenan, and then they have been put as a figurehead for a cancer charity. Yeah, um, WWE said, WWE's Unleash Your Warrior Breast Cancer Awareness Campaign, and annual warrior award, recognise individuals that exhibit the strength and courage of WWE's legendary character, the Ultimate Warrior. No, no attempt to sort of go, yeah, you know, it is problematic actually, and those mm. things are bad. Now, as they say, look, if the WWE Hall of Fame was just occupied by paragons of moral virtue. Then, I mean, where would you where would you start? It's got fucking Donald Trump in, it, you yes. know. Um, what I did enjoy reading about this after all that depressing stuff is that Warrior's first wife shari she released uh, a book or certainly was intending to release it It was called behind the paint my life with wrestling's ultimate warrior and she said there are a number of allegations that she would be talking about within that book she claims that the warrior was possessed by demons right. uh, that he and this one's you can sit down for this abused steroids to achieve his massive frame what along with pain medication and anti-anxiety drugs Uh, But most interestingly, she claimed that Jim Helwig, which was Warrior's real name before he changed it, had a secret double life which included infidelity and homosexual relationships.
2: Well, it it does happen quite a lot,
0: doesn't it? There can be a funny element of self-loathing when you're loathing everybody else apart from yourself. Mm. Um, His widow, Dana Warrior, she did a statement to Vice Sports and they'd done an article where they said, you know, should he really be celebrated by the WWE? Mm. This was after his death. Obviously, I mean, there was very little time between the Hall of Fame and, and, and his, him dying to actually sort of get these things out. But uh, his wife said, I will not be disloyal to my husband's memory or speak ill of a man who is not here to defend himself. I can, however, tell you his heart was changed by conversations with his two daughters. The true testament of the man behind the character is his ability to evolve. My husband did just that. As Vice said, there was absolutely no public sort of sign at all that he had any no, change of heart no. uh, before his death um, but it did become a sort of like uniquely wrestling thing in that he does the hall of fame he was on raw the next night and he gave a speech that ultimate Warrior's stuff was always sort of quite fun.
1: if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about juvederm lip fillers Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: Fantastical and far too big. It wasn't that he was a wrestler who was going to beat his opponent. He was going to take their soul and they were going to, you know, et etc., etc., etc. So within the speech, he did talk about one day... It will be your last that sort of thing and so it became a strangely prophetic yeah. uh, little you know bit of um, uh, work um, he uh, his autopsy revealed he died of a heart attack called by, uh, caused by atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease mm. um, again that's just a generic you've got heart disease yeah. uh, no sort of sense about where that heart disease uh, came Came from, from, where it was exaggerated by. Hulk Hogan, he said, R.I.P. warrior, only love. We talked, both forgave each other, we hugged, we shook hands, we told each other I love you. I'm so sad, God bless his beautiful family
2: In, uh, I don't, Again, like, it sounds like that uh, little chat they had was like five minutes long, I don't mind any yeah.
0: of it. Uh, we, we, we hugged, we both forgave each other we shook hands, you agreed that you and your wife would pay me back the $10,000 that I loaned you uh, you were adamant about that you said I could go through her And uh, uh, Jake Warrior, uh, Jake Warrior, Jake the Snake Roberts also, mentioned that, I mean everyone seems to have had a fucking falling out with him, That they managed to make up on that night, mm. uh, he said, deeply saddened we just had a great talk and buried a senseless hatchet talked working together R.I.P. warrior taking solace that we made peace Uh, I mean there is that thing about uh, I suppose if you do go back as a divisive character after 10 years and you see the old people who you saw back then who you Mm. were probably on okay terms with yeah you do go up to them because what else you gonna do just stand there on your own yeah like a knob and you are gonna go up and you're gonna go how's it going mate and they'll go yeah good and and what's he gonna do he's gonna go yeah really good to see you and you go buried the hatchet yeah done yeah make a big deal of that um It is a funny sort of like WrestleMania and the the star power here is nuts. You don't really think of WrestleMania 30 because it's the Daniel Bryan story. You don't really think of it as being, you know, Warrior, Hogan, Undertaker. (laughs) Roddy Piper is in there. You know, Mr. T. He's got just an incredible array of just huge, huge names. And Mm. I think it's fantastically exciting. You know, Ricky Steamboat, Jake Roberts, Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah. It's the forgotten WrestleMania for the great sort of last gasp of the old guard, it's yeah. lovely, absolutely it, it,
2: lovely. A, it ticked a lot of boxes for me, quite frankly.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, I mean, uh, someone tweeted me the other day and said, "Look, I've just found there's, you know, it, one of these American chops. is a three Blu-ray set of the Ultimate Warriors matches. Mm. It's five dollars. You know, seeing if you want it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. <laughs> no, very bad." Jack Mate's Happy Hour is back for a brand new season. It's the podcast where we talk to some of the most exciting people in the world from Ricky Gervais. In some ways, fame makes you a better person. You know, it's like I don't believe in God. I don't believe in God's watching me. But I, I know someone with everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> to undercover police officers. Can you see the fading scar there, gentlemen? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. That's where I was stabbed in the neck by a drug dealer once. Or we just talk about whatever's making us laugh right now. When you think back to school kids' banter, like, it's well funny because of how immature it is. We <laughs> yeah. had this teacher called Mr McGibbon, and he had this big cushion that he was teaching us how to rugby tackle on. <laughs> he just ran up to it, rugby tackled it, but landed on top of it, and one of the kids shouted, it's not your wife, sir. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> Listen to Jack Mate's Happy Hour on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods.
1: Jack Mate's Happy Hour
0: is a Stokanoff production. Um, look, let's crack straight through. Mm. Boom! It's uh, Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar, a match that some people may have heard of. It Has a certain amount of newsworthiness, I believe. I might have run into a drove the Uh the streak, the only real record mm. in a predetermined sport. Um, The streak came around by accident uh, and it ends up as being one of the cornerstones of WrestleMania. Mm. Um, I think by this point, there is a sense that the streak is slightly ruining the Undertaker's matches because he always wins. (laughs) Yes. And so you're so used to the streak being maintained. Why would they suddenly just cut it dead? Mm. It would be ridiculous and stupid. They would lose one of the sort of tent poles of WrestleMania um, and they go ahead and do it. Yeah. Uh, Not a good match. No.
2: Um, it's i mean he i mean obviously uh he uh, gets a concussion quite early um mm. reportedly and and um in in such a quiet move as well it wasn't a wasn't a no. big kind of like throw or anything it just seemed to be just hit the deck wrong and just and caught his head, but after that, you can tell he is blowing, and it's only five minutes in, and they've got 20 yeah. minutes left. Yeah. And you're like, fuck me.
0: It's, it's a funny one because Undertaker's like, I, I, when you see the last ride documentary, he's like, I, I cannot tell where I got the concussion. It's really easy to tell. Where got the concussion. <laughs> simple rule of thumb, as well, is the shitter a move looks, as in the sort of more like, oh, that was crap. Yeah, you yeah, yeah, right. yeah. That was never going to look good. Those are the moves that always anchor is. Yes. You know? And this is a perfect one. Uh, Brock Lesnar gets in by one leg yeah. and just sort of sweeps the other leg away. Yeah. And Undertaker goes down like a big sack of shit. Yeah. And he just hits his head yeah. on the, on the uh, arena floor. Done. That's it. And he is absolutely out and from you that can, moment. Uh, just... You can see it first through Brock Lesnar. But Brock Lesnar is like, I'm kicking the guy, but he's not actually hitting back. He's not doing anything. Mm. And he's just moving around. You can see Brock Lesnar has some moments where he's just like, take a breath. Work out what's going on. Yeah. What's happening here? <laughs> and you've got Undertaker who's been, you know, he's had that fall. He's been hit a couple of times. Yeah. But he's just not getting up. No. And he's he's lying in the corner and he's crawling around. But it's like, I haven't really done anything. Yeah. I this, why is he acting like it's almost like the last minute of the match? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the bit where you go, okay, that's the point where he got it. And you know? Tech, I can just see a
2: big lump of chewing gum floating around. <laughs> yes. I don't
0: know what's going big on. Big chewy boy. Yeah. Um, Brock Lesnar had returned from UFC in 2012 where he'd been the, the you know, the UFC champion and they'd made him something unique in wrestling, a proper special attraction, a very limited schedule. Mm. And they put him with Paul Heyman, one, because he really liked Paul Heyman and was still very unsure about WWE. He certainly found it a very dishonest business mm. and he wanted Paul Heyman in his corner because he trusted him um, Paul Heyman had also been his manager outside of WWE for a few years mm. so they two had a proper genuine working relationship together um, Heyman in this is just fantastic what they use Heyman as not just the mouthpiece so that Brock doesn't have to do any talking which works so much better he's unknowable Brock Lesnar there's something really frightening and and sort of neanderthal stroke animalistic about him because you never hear him speak yeah and the less you hear him speak the more he becomes this unknowable frightening force of nature <laughs> Heyman is so good. But the other reason they use Heyman, of course, is they, they have such limited dates on Brock Lesnar that they have to get Heyman to sort of do the build up to matches. Right, he's because Because otherwise a they'll, yes. they'll cost them a day. That's right. Yeah. And they'll have to pay more or they'll yeah. run out of days. So Heyman is there, and Heyman is so, so good in this. They've kept Lesnar really, not protected, but just as a sort of special main event for the last couple of years. So he's had, I think, six matches in the last two years. He's lost to Cena in his debut beat Triple H at SummerSlam, loses Triple H at last year's WrestleMania, Mm. beats Triple H at Extreme Rules, beats Punk at SummerSlam, and beats The Big Show at the Royal Rumble. So he's had six matches, two years, and it's made him unlike anyone else. Unlike anyone else, his win and loss record doesn't really matter because he doesn't really perform. He's not like a wrestler. (laughs) He's just like something that people will either luckily conquer or will naturally be crushed by. Mm. And he's just this sort of like an end-level boss that you sort of just go... Oh, I couldn't get past him not playing that game again. I mean, it's just a weird sort of... There's, he's also sort of uniquely unpopular. <laughs> which is, no. The crowd don't enjoy watching him. No. He doesn't seem to particularly enjoy wrestling at all. He doesn't like the, the backstage part of it. He doesn't like the business part of it. He doesn't like the people who are there. He doesn't like the fans. He doesn't like particularly the performing in the ring. And he certainly doesn't like the showmanship of it. He's sort of like, I'm not going to do what the, uh, these other people do. Yeah. I'm going to do my thing and I'm going to do it for as short as possible, and then I'm going to go home to my house where I'll shut the door and you people will be well, yeah. long gone. Yeah. And it's, it somehow makes him brilliant. It makes <laughs> him so much more fun than everybody else. Aloof. Heyman's line is just great. I mean, there's the little build-up they do, they've, they've come up with the phrase, eat, sleep, conquer, mm. repeat eat, sleep, conquer, repeat. And there's a, just a bit at the end where Heyman is repeating this. And he does it so well. He he is one of those people who overact, but the overacting absolutely works. It doesn't become hammy. Mm. And he just hits that last and he goes, uh, eat, sleep, conquer the streak. And that's it. And it's just, I loved it. I mean, I just I just think it's, I don't know. It, uh, everything that Heyman did with Lesnar was so good because he wasn't talking about someone who was shit. He was talking about something genuinely frightening, and so anything he does seems to work. And when he says, conquer the streak, there's the first little glimmer where you go, I, I sort of believe him. I sort of <laughs> believe him. It's more believable. He comes out wearing a fucking beanie, Brock, again, which is like yeah. either total arrogance or does not give a fuck about your viewing experience. It's a bit boxing isn't it? It's a mm, bit... Yeah, yeah. He's, he's still got the UFC thing going on, mm. but, but there is that thing of just, I don't know, you come out wearing a hat... <laughs> It's a bit like you know. do you realize you get a hat on? Oh
2: shit! Oh, well, like, shit. you know about he would have just been working out, like yeah. pumping yeah. himself up, like a monster. We videos. talked
0: about this the other the other week about you know having training gear on is fine, but yeah. just a little hat. It's almost got a logo as well, like um, uh, House of Pain. It's yeah. sort of got that yeah. like, <laughs> yes. like like that a shamrocky yeah. sort of like look. Um, there's a video <laughs> the Undertaker does, and he's got 22 coffins lined up. Um, I mean, amazing amount of coffins they had to buy. To do I that know, right? Video. I yeah. mean, they
2: must. Have, I mean, if you've got the taker you just got to buy as many coffins. Yeah, as we, we, as well. we're always going
0: to need coffins. We're always going to need coffins. You're never going to find some a certain situation where having nine coffins is not going to help us. Um, <laughs> it, there's, uh, you know, Brock Lesnar is looking at it, and they've they've obviously said to Brock, when you see it, get a bit freaked out. And it's a little bit like having the sports star from your high school, and he has a cameo in the in the play. Yeah, and yeah. he's he's got to kind of you know do a bit of mugging. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs>
2: Why, that guy tied me in nuts! To be fair, Kevin Nash in the TV show um, Detroiters, who plays um, uh, Tim Robinson's dad. Mm. Um, a little bit like that. A little, <laughs> little, little bit like that.
0: <laughs> um, L- Lesnar is is just, you know, he uh, he looks fantastic in this because he's frightening. Mm. And The Undertaker comes out, and Undertaker looks very different from last year. <laughs> he's gone very run-a-beanie. <laughs> <laughs> and, He's got again. He's changing up his fucking look. Yeah. No, he's not time to don't change de-
2: up your look. <laughs> no.
0: you don't need to do. We know what he looked like. Hat with silver sort of band, and he's got some red leather detailing <laughs> yeah, some on a weird, coat. A new coat he's got from like
2: from, from a charity shop. <laughs> yeah.
0: and everything. The coat, the color of the coat, and then the, the the unitard underneath. Everything is pointing at his sunken chest. It's <laughs> it's so weird. He takes it off. He's got a, a sort of mohawk an Amish beard. He's really tanned, like almost like ruby red. Yeah. And he looks like, if you sort of went, there's a comedy about wizards and warlocks Mm. and there's one of them and they've got like a tall bloke who guards a crypt and he's asking everyone riddles Or, or he's, you know, he's a fucking billy goat gruff, (laughs) <laughs> Molester under a bridge. He has exactly that look, and right. it's, and it veers not to the supernatural world of the Undertaker so much as it does to like amateur D and D. It looks really, it's a bit larp. weird. Larp. It, it's very larpy, almost like he should have like pointed ears. Yeah, like a sort of like a leathery elf, <laughs> like a you know. Ah, oh, it's so it's so bad. <laughs> the wizard's crypt. Look. It's the
2: big boy who uh, who uh, holds court. He was head of the rock sock back at university (laughs) and he holds court in every dirty little divey rock bar in town.
0: Really handsome when he was 14. (laughs) Now he's 19. I don't know. It's just sort of gone off. Yeah. You know, gone off a few degrees. You had your time. Yeah. You had your time. Um, he gets that, that head injury, obviously, and it goes on, but I mean... Oh, his pupils
2: so you can really tell. Because obviously, you know, usually wrestlers, um, unless they're really blissed out, unless you're one of the Hardy Boys and you're in TNT or whatever. Is that, right? Is that, right? Is that, is that the right uh, reference? Yeah. Hardy do. Boys, TNT. Yeah, good. Um, yeah, his pupils are uh, like the pupils aren't dilated because you've just got lights on you all yeah. the time, really bright lights, so your pupils aren't dilated. But his are just absolutely blistered, uh,
0: p- properly mad. I mean, he talks about in the last ride about mm. having no recollection from early that morning or afternoon mm. until the next oh, so it's day. It's amazing he managed to put anything together. After Astonishing. That. And yeah. Now, normally, of course, like Undertaker as the veteran would have been calling that match, mm. and so as soon as he gets the fog comes down. Lesnar realises, right, he's not going to be able to do this. And so Lesnar is responsible. I mean, there's a big section, about 20 minutes, where Lesnar is just kicking him and hitting him and slowly walking away, coming back and doing it again. Yeah. And I, I, I'm listening to the, the the episode that we did last time, I actually sort of go, oh, there's a, it's a really good match. It's one of those ones that the drama of the end yes. justifies what you've seen. Yeah. But actually watching it, this time around, I mean, it's it's a disaster. It's yeah. a really really slow match. It takes twenty minutes of this sort of kicking and punching before Undertaker finally does a DDT, mm. and then he begins to have a little bit of offence, but not very much.
2: Well, Lesnar's tucking his head right in. Yes, <laughs> he's going, yes, he's yes, going, yes, yes. I
0: will not be dropped you, on my head. You are you are essentially now a moving sandbag, <laughs> yeah. and I, if I sort of go, I will put my body in your hands. You you have already lost this game. You, you can't help me. And if you try and lift me up, I'm going to be really weird and
2: heavy. I'll be heavy in places where you don't yeah, re- realise
0: I'm you, not going to be helping. <laughs> there's a great bit I really love, which is the Undertaker who's walking the ropes. And Lesnar, as part of his whole, I'm not really doing this pro wrestling shit, just pulls him off and into a, an F5 position. And there's a part of me there where I sort of go, I, I don't know whether Lesnar was was sort of going, this is my whole fuck you yeah. I'm Lesnar and I'm unpredictable and I'll stop that. Or whether he's just going, if he takes one more step, it's going to be a miracle because he is not in a good way. And he just needs to come down. Yeah. Either way. Get down way, from there, Undertaker. Pops him down. And he does, you know, they, they have the the F5 and they have the, the tombstones and there's kickouts and things. There's a bit where um, Lesnar does a series of German suplexes and you really see there mm. that Undertaker is not in the room at all. No. He's, he's just like dead weight. Lesnar is still getting him over, but, it's like a roll of carpet. You know how a roll of carpet sort of bends in ways that you aren't <laughs> suspecting, yeah, when you, it's, it's and it's long, just impossible. It's too long, yeah. Yeah, it's just like that. He's like that. And it's like flinging one of those over your head. and So, you know, Undertaker barely clears Lesnar's face, and then he can't sort of get up, and he's all twi- <laughs> It's just a nightmare. Now, when they finally do have this, this, this you know, the pinfall, mm. it's weirdly anticlimactic, and the audience are not expecting it. There's a funny thing about this where I don't think people are sad for the Undertaker. They're sad that the streak has gone Yes. because the streak will never come back. And mm. what they were watching there is they were watching the least successful WrestleMania for the streak. <laughs> um, it's a, but it's it, it's a you know it was over twenty four years I think it was ultimately you know mm. to get to this point, point. Yeah. and then you've thrown it away. And it's not like there's another one where you go we pick up the next thing. Yeah. The streak is now gone. Um, You'd think would there be
2: uh, if there was any kind of. Uh, I guess he probably wouldn't. He, Nobody he, he would has have the length to, of the career. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of thinking that if you, if you like, uh, if you saw that Taker was just fucked, there would be a decision ultimately to. If McMahon was in that ring and yeah. knew what was happening, I imagine he'd run it for another year. Uh, well, the reason
0: the reason it happened was because they decided the streak needed to come to an end because Vincent Mann thought the Undertaker couldn't go anymore. Right. Yeah. So yeah. he began feeling that this would be, and considering how good his match was with CM Punk, the last year. In the course of this year, he'd had a few matches and, and Vince McMahon had basically said, I just don't think it's going to keep on going. There's mm. a possibility this will be the last time he performs. They talked about going, well, he'll just come back for WrestleMania and Vince McMahon had already sort of said, I think it's touch and go whether he'll be able to even do that. Mm. So they decided that this could be the last time The Undertaker had a match at WrestleMania. So you had to end the streak. This mm. was the time. Make someone else massive. You know, they do that with Brock Lesnar. Now, Undertaker has said at the time, he was like, Why does Brock Lesnar need Need this? To win this? He's already a huge star. And Vince McMahon then went onto a podcast with Stone Cold Steve Austin and said, Brock Lesnar was the only person that we had around at that time capable of ending the streak. Anyone else would have been rejected. Right. They were, I think Undertaker had said, Well, I, you know, already earmarked Roman Reigns for it. But again, that would be a couple of years too late. Vince McMahon took the right decision for business. And I think it is, when you see this match and you know what's coming up, which Mm. is a new streak of matches that you can barely watch without going, oh God, this is awful. Mm. It's going so badly and I feel for him. I think you know the right decision was to end the streak here. Um, There were interesting things about how Brock Lesnar... So I I think Undertaker wasn't told till the day that Lesnar was going to be winning. Um, One person who was not hugely excited about that was Brock Lesnar. And he apparently, he's never spoken because he has no interest in talking about this yeah. stupid business. Um, <laughs> but there was a, a little um, uh, backstage video of uh, Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman watching The Undertaker on a monitor once they'd left the ring. Mm. And uh, Lesnar looked visibly upset. And there was always a sense that Lesnar sort of felt that The Undertaker should just go out on his shield, one of the people he really respects. you know. And he would have been happy to lose to him. He'd been losing to Triple H and John Cena the previous year. It's not like he would have said no. Um, Undertaker himself, I mean, he talks about this far better than we can do on this podcast, on the Last Ride podcast, about how, um, uh, sorry, the documentary series on the network, about how this all came about and how injured he was and mm. stuff like that. Um, one of the people who was originally slated to beat The Undertaker was Edge, and that they were talking about that happening, I think, at WrestleMania 24... <sighs> I, think, Jeez, which would was, that have, I
2: mean, that would have been... <laughs> no one would have cared. No,
0: I mean, it really wouldn't have got the streak going. No. Um, Brock Lesnar was also, uh, uh, from something I read, uh, believed to... They were talking about him winning, uh, beating the streak in WrestleMania 27 right. and then having a rematch with The Undertaker at 28. But he would have ended it at WrestleMania 27. He was still in a UFC contract that he couldn't get out of right. for the next two years, so that didn't happen. Um, what's really interesting is how few people knew uh, what the result was. There were five people who knew. Three of them were in the ring. Um, Undertaker, Lesnar, and Paul Heyman. Right. The only other two people who knew were, oh, it was Stephanie McMahon and Vince McMahon, and Mm. Triple H. So I think that's six in total. Does the referee not know? The referee didn't know. What? So the referee was Chad Patton. He was never told that Lesnar was winning.
2: He might fuck it up. He might go... Well, I've been told this is happening. I might be. What? That Why is would... what happened, what? and you
0: would not notice it, but it's all changed on the network. So, what actually happened on the night was a bit of a disaster. So, Chad Patton counts the three countdown: one, two, three, and he just fires at the, at, the, at the you know guy to ring the bell. Yeah, where you end the match. Timekeeper did not ring the bell because he thought there's been some horrible error. So he just stayed silent. There was. Absolute confusion oh. in the room. So when they cut to the Superdome crowd, who yeah, are all cause, like cause, cause, looking around, disbelieving. Well,
2: that's so. I would t- I took that kind, like that iconic, uh, the black guy, with the glasses. Yeah, it was, it was on every animated gif of someone going.
0: Yes, Fuck. Yeah, his eyes are popping out of his skull.
2: <laughs> and like, and, and it's and it's quiet because everyone's I thought were aghast or they're texting. They're, no, they, they take ages to make a, an audible. You reaction. hear
0: a roar when the giant screen on the top levels yeah. changed from 21 and 0 yeah. to 21 and 1 yeah and that's when they go fuck because there was no bell Jeez. the commentators also had not been told that lesnar was going over so they go fuck but no one could tell what had happened wow so what they've done on the network is they went back and they've put the sound of a bell in have they? So now you go. Oh, and yeah, it's ended. Holy moly! That was not originally there. Oh no! So what's actually,
2: that's incredible.
0: What's kind of funny about this is it <laughs> almost ends as a botch, yeah. which is just people going, "What the fuck's happened? How could you bo- How
2: could you not? This is the most important thing." <laughs> yeah. And 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 you didn't tell the bell guy. And you didn't tell. You know, you didn't get. I've some. I've fucking Vince played to the
0: bell. I've seen different comments on it, but apparently there is no uh, announcement that goes, "Ladies and gentlemen, your winner, Brock Lesnar." that it was just silent, that nobody wanted to do anything because they thought it was horribly wrong. Because they thought they wrong. were going to so do it... A they, lot of the reaction of the crowd is going, fuck, just we've just seen something go terribly wrong. Yeah. This hasn't worked. Yeah. Something something's, that balls up and now, ah, God, it's ground to a halt.
2: Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah,
0: so it's a real weird thing. Now... I think a lot of the other feeling to it was that did not feel like the end of the streak because mm. the match was so poor. Mm. So you were like, "That is that the end of the streak?" Yeah, you know, this horrible thing just limping to the end. It, it's really funny that they don't bother talking about that, particularly on the last ride. <laughs> They're just like, "I lost and I knew it was time to go." And it was like, "No, no, no, no." no. 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 There was a whole <laughs> bit. a whole bit where you've had to retrospectively go back and try and make sense of it when yeah. you watch it today. Yeah. So I mean, just a real disaster. Oh, wow. My other favourite bit about it is watching this. They hadn't gone back and, and changed it. Is as the Undertaker is slowly getting. Up somehow, there's someone next to one of the mics, the wild track mics, who is shouting really loudly. You get his voice, and he just goes as Undertaker's getting up. He's going, "You suck!" Yeah, Boo! yeah, yeah. yeah. JBL literally in tears at the yeah. end of this. Fuck off, JBL. he's a mad. It was silly. It's just games. But it then really sort of lifts itself where the Undertaker walks out. yes yeah. he walks out, and people are going. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. He's never going to come back again. That is it. That's the end of The Undertaker's career. And we've seen the last match of The Undertaker. Mm. And they start that thank you taker. And it's such a long walk back. And for that weird moment, he just, he looks so small. it mm. looks like a speck in this huge arena. And you just go, God, he's done a lot for a little lad. You know? <laughs> <laughs> little six foot seven lad. Yeah. And it's just, he walks <laughs> back and you go, wow, end of an era. Yeah. And, uh, if, if we'd have left it there, what, well, look- a, what a moving moment that would have been, you know. <laughs> the reality is, it's a it's a sad thing where you go, but he would go now on for what another six years, mm. you know. And- Amazing that he still had uh,
2: after such an injury, <laughs> he would have such uh, the, the 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 muscle memory
0: to oh, continue the match and nor that he had to exit like that. Absolutely, have- I mean, he just, it, I mean, the the ability for him to do twenty minutes mm. and. I mean I mean, there was the concern I think that Brock Lesnar had when he hit the final F5 is he had to say to Undertaker and I believe he does it before he tries the move mm. I think he addresses the Undertaker and he has to say don't kick out of this one I'm, yeah. going, I'm going to pin you mm. and he, obviously he's so aware that Undertaker is so but even that thing of being able to sort of still do a wrestling match yeah. when you're basically you've got no mind no. your brain has gone <laughs> and you're still like well I could probably I could probably do 25 <laughs> <laughs> just amazing fantastic Uh, the match was described by sports illustrated as having the most shocking results since the montreal screw job yeah um there were a lot of people who objected to the the streak being ended they didn't feel it needed to be done the undertaker was important enough that they should have just let him go out with that Mm. record intact and you know forever there, unbeatable um but i think you know there is there is a case to be said that wrestling is also about big moments and it's about shocks and it's Mm. about memories and there is a thing about you know that That moment where Lesnar, you know, pinned Undertaker, became, I mean, one of the the, the most famous four or five matches in the history of the streak. There are a lot of matches that you go back and watch and they are hard work and you wouldn't want to sit through them. But that match is important. And what it did, it put a rocket under Brock Lesnar. He was already a special attraction, Mm. but he became, I mean, probably the most unique performer in the modern industry. Just because he was unlike anyone else. He marched to his beat of his own drum. He would become more and more unusual as time went on, <laughs> where his matches would just be a minute and he'd just decimate people or he'd do five minute matches where he didn't take a single move and then won just there was nothing else like him I I love the fact that he's so apart from the rest of wrestling nobody is like Brock Lesnar and you can see in this match that was part of it I think that he begins to take a step away from being like you know part of a a pretending wrestler Mm. by just ending the streak just going, ha, ah, nice one. And not sort, <laughs> I'm not sort of doing loads of interviews afterwards going, it's such an honour and privilege to take, you know. I mean, Taker will always be. You know, he's just like, oh, I'm not doing interviews. Yeah. Going home. <laughs> I, I love, love it. Sort of people just opting out. I really do, yeah. yeah. Oh, that, no, that's all very nice. Yeah, I yeah. like the idea of meeting all the fans and things. It's definitely something that you can do. So, <laughs> meanwhile, I'm going home. Uh, the new streak, of course, about to start. Where well, we have six years of... Um, of difficult you know watching <laughs> difficult watching yeah I yeah. mean that, that is not a great great streak and uh, and just finally you know before we before we sign off here we have a little uh, preview of next year which is going to be Wrestlemania 31 mm. from Silicon Valley wow uh, Silicon Valley uh, even 2014 dated phrase <laughs> Dated phrase <laughs> um, and, and as if you might Sort of I don't know Go yes, yeah, Silicon well, I, Valley I, I Hang
2: out with some hipsters on, do, go, Get oh, around on scooters And sit my, on
0: beanbags all day Mummy When are they going to come To our hometown In Portland <laughs> they, aren't. they aren't You're going to have to get a job In some kind of start If they, you ever yeah, want to go And see they're
2: probably, wrestling They're probably just kind of like oh, Put a lot of money In this uh, in, in this um, network And the, the tech just isn't there at the moment. There's video artifacting all over the I place. I always oh, think when they, whenever milk.
0: they go to Hollywood or they go to, you know, like Silicon Valley, there is a slight thing where they're going, we, we'll get eyes on it and people will be like, we, we didn't realise this is the biggest entertainment in the world. <laughs> I think they've always got a slight... Like, over-enthusiastic mom-and-pop appeal yeah. WWE, where they just go, why, if people, more people knew about us, we'd be the most successful. And, you know, <laughs> no, guys, no, no, no. no, no, it's, no, it's, no, no look no, at that last match. You yeah. you really came close to fucking it up.
2: It's probably uh, a good time for me to mention that we do have a Patreon. com forward slash Wrestle Me. <laughs> yeah. We are a mom-and-pop operation that will never become popular, uh, whether we're in Silicon Valley, Chicago, or even New York. <laughs> Woof!
0: I am. Um, I am very much hoping to be uh, in LA. <laughs>
2: yes, soon, well, that's the plan. Where
0: the weather is nice where the wrestling is local yes. and where the women are very uninterested. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Let me make that clear. Oh, uh, until next time, we're mm. going to be we're going to be hitting a main event next time. I mean, yes, you, are. you lucky little apes. And it's oh, a good one. It is a good one. So we will see you next week. Uh, until then, keep it wrestle me. Mm. We love you. We kiss you on the lips and we pat you on the head. Wrestle yes. me beats. With full consent, uh, Wrestle Me Mark.
2: Bye. Bye. Bye.